0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host Tim Link and I'm so glad you're joining us today. We have a fantastic author and a good friend of ours coming back on the show, Victoria Shay. Victoria's going to talk to us about her latest book, uh, Lost, Found, and Forever. So we're interested in all the escapades all the romance all the uh, tear jerkers and how the dog always saves the day so we're excited to have victoria back on the show so everybody uh, hang tight we'll come back right after this commercial break you're listening to animal rights on pet life radio pets are part of the family make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with easy pet check A nationwide pet insurance alternative, with Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S. Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats, regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EasyPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio, introducing once again to our show a good friend of ours. Uh, She's a dog trainer. She's a speaker. Of course, you uh, know her uh, from in front of the camera as well as behind the camera on some of the Animal Plant shows, the Faithful Friend shows. And then, of course, the wonderful Puppy Bowl as she plays uh, pet expert and dog wrangler for the little, little puppies on that. So we got Victoria Shade. Victoria, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Tim. I am so happy to be back. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Now, the latest is called Lost, Found, and Forever, and this is a follow-up to uh, Who Rescued Who. So, tell us a little bit about this novel and some of the twists and maybe some of the characters in the book.
1: Sure, yeah. So, this is actually a standalone novel. Oh. It's definitely in the rom-com genre. It's very lighthearted, but at the center of it, it's it's a love triangle, but here's the difference. It's a love triangle between a man, a woman, and a dog. So the way it works is my main character, Justine, has adopted a dog. She's had him for a year. His name is Spencer. And she's invested a lot of time training him. And obviously, it's just this mutual true love. Well, she discovers through one of those Facebook posts that's been forwarded a million times that there's a dog that looks a heck of a lot like Spencer that some guy is claiming is his and he, you know, he lost him. So it's this push pull between Justine and the other potential owner of Spencer his name is Griffin you know who gets the dog who is the pet parent and it really I'm I'm hearing from readers it's bringing up some really uncomfortable questions about like how do you define pet parenthood who is the the right the rightful pet parent but you know it is a happily ever after there's no stress it's it's a fun story
0: There you go. Yeah, well, I I know the topic very well, actually. You know, I I do, obviously, a lot of work with animals and uh, animals that uh, become missing and stolen and these type of things. So this is definitely not in that realm, but that's sort of the plot behind it. And, yeah, so, you know, actually, when uh, two people, the original owner comes into play, the human companion, and they found out that, hey, this is my dog. And someone who spent a lot of time and energy uh, with this dog and fallen in love with this dog once. To have that dog in their life. So how, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think this story brings up a really interesting point in that instead of the dog that's adopted coming from this horrible circumstance, because I think a lot of us assume that when we adopt our dog, they came from something very deprived. But in this scenario, Spencer was a well-loved dog who lived a pretty great life. So that even adds to the stress. It's not like Justine is saving this dog from, you know, living in a, in a backwoods kennel she's not really saving him at all because he had a great owner and they were in love too.
0: So we have this triangle going on and it's, uh, would you say it's a typical boy meets girl who has dog and now we've got this love triangle or is there some (laughs) other, a little bit different dynamic in there?
1: Well, there's definitely an extra dynamic in that um, Justine loves to train Spencer and she gets really, really good at it with him and he gets cast on a tv series kind of a netflix style tv series so not only is she dealing with this who gets the dog stress she's getting her set legs you know learning how to take this well-trained dog and transition that training to a set environment to a tv environment that's filled with actors that she's looked up to her whole life and you know it's there's a lot of different stresses and she's got to do this these performances with her dog so that adds another layer to the stress that our lovely Justine is
0: facing. (laughs) Oh, the stresses of dog ownership, right?
1: (laughs) So many, so many joys, but occasionally there are stressors.
0: That's right. And they own us anyway. So it really just doesn't matter at the end of the day. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So without telling us the whole details, without giving away the whole end of the story, what are some of the unique twists, uh, additional unique twists when it comes to the two people, the man and the woman in this case?
1: Well, part of the twist is that the male part, Griffin, he on paper seems like an alpha male. You know, he's got this great job and he makes a lot of money. And traditionally, this would be kind of the I'm the boss kind of guy. But as the story progresses, he reveals himself to be something very different than that. And part of the reason is I am not a fan of alphas, whether it's you know, in dog training, very right. against the whole alpha theory in dog training, but also, I think, in leading men. You know, why would we want someone who's kind of a jerk? So, um, yeah, Griffin is definitely not a jerk. He he gets what he wants, but not all the time. I'll just leave it right there.
0: There you go. And now uh, you have to read the book to find out, is it who turns Griffin out? Who exposes his inner softness? Is it just,
1: oh. done,
0: or is it the pup? You know, or a combination? Oh, there's where the triangle continues.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> so. Now, when putting together this, you'd mentioned early on you know, that this is a, a standalone book. How do you go about putting that all together? How do you start from scratch? Do you have some ideas already? Has, is this pulling, I know, the training part and the positive training is coming from your uh, great experience and, mm-hmm. and all the wonderful stuff you do as, as a trainer. But how do you sort of come up with that original idea and uh, start to, how do I say, massage the dough to make it something great? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that analogy. You know, I am a student of life. I am always observing. I think every writer is, you know, we're watching the world around us and and cherry picking things that are interesting. I have a notebook. I keep lots of notes on, you know, what ifs or even lists of things that I love, you know, tropes that really appeal to me in other movies or books and everything kind of I don't know, is there a dough analogy here? Everything rises together, and then I have this ready-to-bake loaf of bread. But definitely the training aspects, the stuff, my professional knowledge of working with dogs always comes into the plot.
0: Yeah. And with that, when we're talking about your writing as a whole, uh, this book, Lost, Found, and Forever, as well as uh, your other writing— how much of that training and your experience do you put in there as far as just a knowledge base that helps you write about it? Or do you put little tidbits in there that actually people can read and say, oh, hey, I never thought about that, how to train my dog?
1: Both, I hope. You know, mm-hmm. I weave in, I think it's unconscious that I weave in, you know, the way dogs react, maybe the even the body language that they exhibit. So that's kind of second nature to me. But then I also... Maybe a little heavy-handed, sell my positive training message because it's so important that we train with kindness. That's it. Um, so yeah, but there's always news you can use. I think every reader will glean one or two things that where they look at their dog and say, "Well, never knew that. I'm going to try that."
0: That's right. And then when they do and it works, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" can't believe this. I'm going to buy all her books
1: forever (laughs) and ever. That's what I hope they say.
0: Yes, yes, that's it. I I love it. I love it. That's the way we want to work it. And uh, and I'm totally on board with you. Positive training, positive reinforcement, positive praise always wins out at the end of the day. And uh, when you're an alpha leader, trainer, or a person – uh, it may work for a little while, but then, uh, yeah, then the dog stops, starts ignoring you, and and so is the woman, and so does the people around you. So it's always better to to be positive and provide positive training and positive reinforcement with your animals, as well as positivity around everything that you do.
1: And not just that, you know, it's we've learned so much and about the way animals learn, and when you know better, you should do better. So there's no excuse to use outdated methodologies that hurt your relationship with your dog really and that's the beauty of of science-based positive reinforcement training is we can prove it it's based in science it's not whispering or magic it is science that you can replicate so that's truly the core of it, and plus it does wonderful things for your relationship.
0: There you go. Just like it did in this relationship book, right? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to uh, take a quick commercial break, uh, then we'll come back and talk to um, Victoria Shade a little bit more about her book, Lost, Found, and Forever. Pick her brain a little bit more about the writing styles and how this one was uh, uh, was this one uh, easier or harder than the previous one. So everybody, hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Take a bite out of your competition. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet we Welcome back to Animal Rights on pet Life Radio. our conversation with uh, author, trainer, a speaker extraordinaire, Victoria Shade. Uh, Now, Victoria, when uh, people pick up a copy of the book, Lost, Found, and Forever, they read through all the trials and tribulations and the drama and the love and all the wonderful stuff that you weave into your wonderful novel. Is there a certain thing or multiple things that you hope that they walk away from? You know, saying, ah, okay, this is what I got from that book.
1: I love this question. I hope that they take a new appreciation for the magic at the end of the leash. You know, that not only are dogs wonderful companions for us, they open up our world. Every time we step outside with our dog, there's probably a pretty good chance you're going to get a smile from someone else or, you know, dogs make friends. How many people have had their dog actually become a social connector and they meet new people, make new friends because of their dog. So just an appreciation for everything that dogs bring into our lives
0: yeah absolutely you know it's it's to me it's the best common denominator out there. It can break down all walls and no matter what your thoughts are on uh, politics, religion, life, anything of that sort. if you have a a dog in your life and you meet someone who has a dog, instant connection, you're ready to go definitely yeah it also brings up my biggest pet peeve. I will Uh-oh. say Victoria as I get older, I won't say that you do this, I definitely do this though as I get older, I get more pet peeves but <laughs> on yeah just add to the list but the biggest one i have is uh walking the dog and reading your phone mm-hmm. all you're doing is walking down the road looking at your little device and you can't pull your eyes off it meanwhile here you're you know a you're supposed to be watching your dog make sure it doesn't get it in harm's way or get it you know pick up something that's not supposed to and eat something but also you're missing these opportunities you know to bond with your animal and also as you said meet uh, meet new people
1: Tim, you, that's one of my major pet peeves. Yes, 100%. Yes.
0: Yay, I'm glad you're on board with that.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. My phone doesn't even come with me when I walk to my husband's dismay. He's always like, you have to bring your phone everywhere you go. But I don't even want that temptation because when I'm outside with my dogs, my focus is on them because the walk is for them. You know, I want them to take time to sniff. We don't do this formal heel. They can wander around as long as they're not pulling we're good to go. So a phone is just a distraction that keeps you from establishing and and strengthening your bond, as you said,
0: absolutely. And you know, and your dog will always find fascinating things that you are definitely going to overlook if you don't pay attention. I mean, even the simplest things, you know the old analogy of stop and smell the roses. Mm-hmm. Well, it's true? You know uh, you know you get uh, all these wonderful things that are part of our environment and, uh, and part of nature, and uh, your animal, uh, you know your dog's going to find those. And you need to recognize those as well. And I, I bet you if you didn't have your dog with you nine times out of ten, you would you would drive or walk right past them.
1: I agree. But you know what? It goes both ways. It just happened to me today where I was walking my dogs in a field and I saw a feather sticking right out of the ground. And they had passed by it. And I said, hey, girls, come here. Look at this. And I called their attention to sniff the feather. And that's a really great bonding technique, too, because they're like, hey, she finds cool stuff. She's got good eyes too. So they're more likely to want to hang close to me when they're off leash.
0: There you go. That's a good idea. Well, I never have the feather problem. You know, we take our, our dogs everywhere that we go, but uh, we do have a big fence backyard, really lovely place, a big natural environment out back, and we feed the birds. And oh. I've got. Yes, and I've got one little pup who is a poo connoisseur, so I have to watch her okay. to make sure she's not you know, getting into the bird, bird poo. The other guy thinks the biggest fun is for me to open the back door and him to go run straight for the bird feeders. He's never going to harm the birds. He just gets a never big joke. No, nah, yeah. he's never gonna catch him. But there's, but we have all kinds, you know, doves and you know, a little bit slower birds, uh, moving birds. But yeah, that's his uh, his job, and it's not a matter of he doesn't want them in the yard. It's a matter of you know, this is fun. This is fun for oh. him.
1: yeah, <laughs> that's a great life right there.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, they always say, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a wives' tale or what it is, but uh, you know, if you find a feather, there's a message. You know, the angels are sending you a message. So. Oh. Yeah, at the very least, uh, if you believe in that, and even if you don't, take the time, breathe, let it co- you know absorb into you, look around, and uh, yeah, see if you get a message. You never know.
1: I love that. I've never heard that before, and I'm definitely going to tuck that one in my back pocket.
0: There you go. There you go. So let's talk a little bit about your writing styles. I know a little bit about this, but I want you to divulge mm-hmm. this. Are you a up at five a.m. and writing till six a.m. every morning. Are you a word <laughs> count aficionado, or are you? Oh my God! I got one month and I got to get this thing done. I haven't even started, <laughs> which is I'm the okay. last.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know if my editor is going to be listening to this, so I probably should answer politically and say, oh, I plan it all out and I am months in advance. Well, the truth is uh, I'm working on a book right now and it's I'm a little behind. I'm a little, a lot behind. So it's, <laughs> I'm looking at my word count every day and stressing, but we're getting there. And you know, all the little milestones that you hit, I'm not even going to say how many words, but let's just say I hit within 5,000 word increments. I feel like I'm getting closer. So yeah, but not up at five in the morning. I wish, boy, do I wish I could do that, but I'm kind of a slow to start.
0: There you go. And for all the all you writers out there who probably already know this, if you're a word count aficionado, always realize that you can be typing away and then you go to check your word count, and you're not nearly as many words as you think you are. Mm. And at least that's for me. And mm. or you you expand upon it, add more uh, nouns and consonants and uh, nice. fancy words to, <laughs> to fill in you the cheat. space. <laughs> yeah, and your editor's always going to catch that.
1: <laughs> right, right. So you can slice 5,000 words off the word count right there. You know everything that's going to get cut by the editor.
0: That's right. That's right. You don't have
1: to say really, 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 really tired.
0: <laughs> that's it. And and I don't know enough fancy words, and I or I don't have the time to use the thesaurus. So it, it's pretty simple. Yeah, mm. yeah. We can cut off one of those reallys. That's it. <laughs> All right, so we we talk about the writing and yeah, the next books. You know, the, the thing is, are you uh, to a point in your career as an author and as a writer that you are uh, establishing goals as far as how many books that you're wanting to do, or what kind of writing you're wanting to do in addition to uh, publishing, or is it more of driven towards the fact that uh, you know you you've done fantastic work, got some great books out there, and it's continuing on, uh, and so they're asking you to turn them out.
1: I am very driven about my career and I hope that I can keep writing books forever and ever and ever. That's my goal. And, you know, as far as how we determine, you know, what comes next, that's just brainstorming with my wonderful publisher, Berkeley. And, you know, like I said, I'm working on this next book, which will be out next year. It's called dog friendly and it stars a veterinarian, So that's a stretch for me, you know, definitely someone in the pet world, but I'm working with a couple of veterinarians who are fact-checking me on things. You know, I'll I'll be talking about a wound. You don't even want to know what kind of wound. It's a very happy story, but just, you know, things happen in vet offices. Anyway, let's just leave it there. Let's not talk about wounds.
0: We'll dangle the cure, but that's fascinating because, you know, it's a a lot of people think, you may think that, you know, you put together a novel, it's basically just character driven and come with a nice storyline, which is very true. There's a lot of research going into it, especially like you said, if you're now asking the scientific mind, asking the veterinarians for their input, you got to get it right. But yet on the other, hand, you don't want to make it so, uh, how do I want to say it? I don't want to go back to school and read a textbook. I want to read a novel about a nice puppy and a happy romance and these type of things
1: definitely there is a happy medium between the two of them but my goal is to do veterinarians justice because their work is so difficult and you know part of what this story deals with is compassion fatigue and there was a, a recent kind of facebook push to wake people up to what veterinarians go through in their job and that's definitely something i'm i'm facing you know it's a heavy topic veterinarians have a, one of the highest rates of suicide in their profession. So, you know, my goal in this book, even though this will also be a lighthearted rom-com, is to do veterinarians justice and shine a light on what they do and what they go through.
0: Absolutely. It's a it's an invaluable resource and, uh, you know, the vets and vet techs and all the people associated in that industry, uh, we, we've got to have them to take care of our animals. And it is, it's tough work. It's it's. Uh, heartache work a lot of times, you know, pulls at their heartstrings and, uh, and also difficult because they got to keep up on everything. It, it's a constant changing in environment, uh, always new, uh, new treatments and new things to do uh, and to learn. And so you have to, uh, you know, keep abreast of those to offer your clients uh, the best options for their, uh, their pets.
1: Well, speaking of clients, it's also potentially a thankless job. So, you know, if I can give any, everyone advice, Say thank you to your veterinarian. They're doing their very best to help your dog stay happy and healthy.
0: There you go. That's good. Good advice. That's good advice. And maybe some puppy kisses go along the way. That one. That right. One <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I uh, want to thank Victoria. Always great to talk to you. Everybody go out and pick a copy of the book. It's called Lost, Found, and Forever. Wonderful cover. I won't give it away, but it's a little <laughs> terrier, little cute, cute thing. So uh, I love the cover. love everything about it. And uh, congratulations once again on a a wonderful wonderful novel
1: thank you so much tim it was great to be back with you again and i hope to chat with you next year too
0: absolutely look forward to it
1: thanks again
0: all right. Well, we're coming to end the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank the uh, producers and sponsors for making this show possible. Obviously, we had a whole plethora of wonderful shows and wonderful hosts and talent and guests at Pet Life Radio. So you go to PetLifeRadio.com and check them all out. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for this show, just drop us a line at Pet Life Radio. We'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a book, a novel, a blog, just get it out there in writing, and who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights. Pet Life Radio, have a great day.
1: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand,
0: only on PetLifeRadio.com.